All right, if you take your Bibles and turn to the book of James this morning, the book of James, and we're going to be in chapter 5, and we're going to look at a few verses here. And this morning, I'd like to preach on a man of prayer, a man of prayer. And we're already through our first full week of 2021, and it's amazing how time uh, flies, and we're in a new year, and I'm excited for another year to serve the Lord. And I hope this year you endeavor to be closer to the Lord more than you ever have been, and that you trust and you rely on Him uh, throughout this coming year. And this morning as we uh, look at this passage and as we uh, look at this portion of James encouraging us on prayer, I hope that this is going to help you throughout uh, not only 2021, but in your Christian life as well as we uh, seek to be uh, in prayer and in communication with the Lord. James chapter 5 this morning, and we're going to be starting at verse number 13. The Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one, pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So here in the book of James, James is encouraging us as a church to pray for one another, to, to be in prayer. And in verse number 13, we see that phrase, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I want to focus on that. And as I think about 2020 and the type of prayer life I want to have, I want to have the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. So here we see that uh, James, he refers to in verse number 17, Elias, uh, which is uh, translated um, in the New Testament as Elias, but it's uh, meant speaking of Elijah in the Old Testament. And we see that um, as we read, uh, read this portion of Scripture and we, we hear about Elijah and the type of prayer that he had. And this is, this is James, um, that, this is his example of someone who had a fervent prayer that availeth much, uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. He uses Eli Elijah as his example. And so often in the Bible, we read about men like Elijah, and we look at them, we, we place them on another level, and God did use them in a mighty way. Uh, and um, we think of Elijah and how powerful he was, and we think about how he was carried to heaven in a chariot of fire. We think about how he was on the Mount of uh, on the Mount with Christ uh, at the Transfiguration, and we see that he's mentioned oftentimes in the New Testament as well. You know, many thought that Jesus was Elijah come back because of the miracles that Jesus was performing. So he had quite the reputation. But when James here, who's challenging us to, to pray and how to pray in a very practical way, he says, be like Elijah. You know, Elijah, this mighty prophet who has done all these miracles, he says, be like Elijah, pray like Elijah. And you know, from a human standpoint, 
it's easy for us to lift these men onto a higher plane. But from God's standpoint, he's just another human. He's just another one of his children. You know, to God, we're all sinners saved by grace, covered in the righteousness of Christ. And we see here that this phrase that, this, uh, that uh, James uses when he says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, you know, a righteous man doesn't mean that he is a perfect man, but it describes the way that he lives and the way that he reflects on God's grace in his life. You know, to God we're all sinners saved by grace and recovered in the righteousness of Christ. And a righteous man is going to live in light of that. So we see in verse 17, it says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. So as much as we try to put these men on a higher level or a higher plane, we see that they're just like us. Elijah's just like us. He went through the same struggles in life as we did. The same temptations, the same anxieties, the same doubts. And we see that back in the Old Testament, and we're going to be looking there a bit this morning. He was a man just like we are. Yet Elijah lived a life where, where he grew in faith. He lived in faith. And we know that he learned to pray. He learned to depend on God. He learned to live a life in direct communication with God. So here in James, in this very practical book, and uh, we're given Elijah as our example of prayer. But not any prayer. It's not this smooth-talking prayer of praying in front of people at church. You know, it's not, let's do a quick prayer before the food gets cold, or it's not some repetitive prayer from a book that you read aloud. No, James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the effectual means having the adequate power or force to produce the effect. Fervent means the intensity of feeling, to pray fervently. You know, this is the idea of uh, if you're to watch a race, and there's many racers running, and they're trying to get to that finish line. And as they approach that tape, and as people are inching towards it, those people are going to be reaching out with every inch, every ounce, every part of their being those racers are going to try to inch forward, reach out, stretch forward to be the first across that line. Fervent. That's how they're running the race. Fervent is also a way that we see that Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed, the Bible says that he prayed earnestly in Luke 22. It says, in being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He prayed fervently, and this is the same way that James tells us to pray here. Pray with all your being, all your might, every inch, every ounce, every fiber of you. You're reaching out, praying to the Lord, praying fervently. And then it says righteous man. Not that man doesn't ever fail, but it's a man who knows to confess his own faults. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then availeth much. That means to, to produce. To produce or result in as a benefit or advantage. And this is the type of prayer that James is describing here. Let me ask you today, as Christians, how often do we forget to tap into the power of God? You know, we naturally try to work on, work on uh, thing, work things out through... Uh, work out things on our own. And, 
you know, as we're entering this new year, we're facing a new year, 2020 is behind us, and we're moving on to new things, and people have different ideas when a new year comes. And, you know, it is, it's always a good time to reevaluate your life and try to better yourself. You know, people always say, new year, new me. But you know what? The reality is a new year isn't going to change things. We've entered uh, 2021, and you know what? 2021 has started off with a bang. We started off in a lockdown. There's a lot of unrest happening. There's a lot of things happening in the news. And just because the year has changed, it doesn't mean things are going to change in our life. But we need to continue to look to the Lord. Look to Him to guide us. Look to Him to increase our faith. In 2 Timothy 3, it says, uh, verse number 12, it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You know, that, that sounds like a perfect description of the day that we live in. But look at verse number 14, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. It says, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. You know, don't continue in the way that we were going. Don't continue in the way we were living in 2020, but continue in the things that we have learned. Continue living for the Lord. Continue in the Word. Continue calling unto Him. You know, how as Christians, how often do we, we beg God? We read Psalm chapter 3 this morning. We see another Psalm of David where he's crying to God. We picture him just begging God and crying out to Him. You know, have you ever cried out to God before? Have you ever begged Him? Have you ever been on your face humbly before Him? Listen, as, as believers, we need to be prayer warriors. We use that phrase to describe people who are uh, faithful in their prayer life and their intent in their prayer life. And they're like James describes there. They're effectual and fervent in their prayer. And we see that it avails much. You know, we all need to be like that. That's not a reserve for a few. We can all be prayer warriors. And we enter into a new year and we examine the past year and we look at things that are ahead. And you know what? Sometimes I look at what's going around on around us and things look bleak. You know, sin is rampant in the world. It's in our face. It's accepted today. Righteous living is shamed and you're mocked for trying to live righteously. And you know what? It's so easy to be discouraged for trying to live right. But let me ask you, have you prayed? Are you looking to the Lord? Are you looking to Him? You know, Elijah, as we're going to see, he lived in wicked days. But we see that Elijah in his life, he had faith, he trusted in God, and he knew how to pray. So James here, he's speaking of prayer, and he gets us to consider Elijah, and he uses him as an example. So this morning, I want to examine a few portions of Elijah's life to see how he got to this place of being an example um, of, uh, of James here in James chapter 5. So first of all, I want you to notice that Elijah lived in a day of wickedness. He lived in a day of wickedness, and we, we can compare that to the day that we live in today. But if we look back at uh, 1 Kings, we see the description of the times that he was living in. 1 Kings 16, verse 30, it says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, above all that were before him. 
And it came to pass as it have as if it had been a late thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So we see the day that that uh, Elijah's living in, this king that's ruling, he's wicked. He's the most wicked king. And he was corrupt, and there was no one else like him. It says that he, he did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings before him. People are worshiping Baal. He's... he's uh, He's resurrecting idols and uh, temples, and he's promoting the worship of Baal. And we see throughout scriptures, it's a wicked, wicked thing. Um, They offered incense and they burnt sacrifices to Baal. There was human sacrifices to Baal. There was very immoral activities all surrounding the worship of this idol, Baal. And that's the climate that Elijah was living in during those days. It was a very dark time in Israel's history. Jezebel, Ahab's wife, is killing the prophets of God. You know, they were fleeing for their lives. And, you know, as we spoke about Elijah, he's being affected by this. He's, he's, he's depressed. He's worried. He thinks he's the only one that is left. And there is 850 prophets of Baal. So Elijah, who thinks he's the only one because people have fled, compared to 850 prophets who dedicated their lives to this worship of a false god, living a wicked, wicked life. In First uh, Kings 18, verse 17, it says, And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Elijah lived in wicked days, as we live in today. You know, people who hate God, you know, that very idea that they hate God, it defines their life. It influences every part of their life. People who hate the church, hate Christ, hate the Bible. And you know what? As bad as the world is today, the climate that we're living in is people will look at us with all the immorality around the world, they'll look at Christians and they'll point fingers at us and they'll say, you know, you're what's wrong with the world and you're the reason it it is in the condition that it is in. You know, you're the reason of uh, uh, civil unrest and the reason for wars. And they talk about how we brainwash our kids by taking them to church. You know, we're living in dark days just as Elijah was living in. You know, King, King Ahab, he says, aren't you... Are you the one who troubles Israel? You know, he, didn't, he failed to realize that during those days there was, there was famine because Elijah prayed and the rain stopped to punish them, to bring them, try to point them to the Lord. And Ahab is accusing Elijah of troubling Israel. He, doesn't, he fails to see the life that he's living. He fails to see the worship of Baal and, and the prophets of Baal and how wicked that is. And he tries to blame 
the servant of God. He was living in dark days. But remember, as we consider Elijah's life and how he got to a place of prayer, I want you to notice something. Elijah, he stood before God. He lived in the power of God. In uh, 1 Kings 17, this is where Elijah stands before uh, Ahab and he declares the, the drought that is going to be. And it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And this is uh, what James mentioned in verse number 17, the first prayer that he mentions. So here, Elijah, he's physically standing before King Ahab. But spiritually, Elijah's standing there, and he's not standing in his own power. You know, Elijah wasn't standing there as this uh, a great hero who was coming to defy Ahab and to, and to cast his own judgment upon him. No, he was there and God was his focus. He wasn't standing before a king. It says he was standing before God. In verse uh, chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Before whom I stand, speaking of the God of Israel. God was Elijah's focus. And this is how we know, um, this is why James, part, part of the reason he's using Elijah as this example of this prayer warrior. Listen, today we live in a sin-stricken world, a world of intolerance, a world of, of judgment, a world that mocks those who try to live righteous, who try to follow the word of, God, word of God, who try to share the hope of Jesus Christ. And in a day that we live in where we, we might want to back down, we might not want to stand up for what is right. And we look at Elijah, and he's standing before King Ahab, this wicked king, but he had the right focus. His focus wasn't the wickedness of the country he was living in. His focus wasn't the wickedness of the king. His focus was God. And let me encourage you today, we don't stand before man. We don't stand before a country. We stand before a living God. And we are accountable to him. And we're not accountable to society. We're accountable first and foremost to God. And in order for us to understand the power of prayer and to learn from Elijah, we need to get the right perspective. And Elijah had the right perspective, and it was that God is in control. And let me encourage you today, God is still in control, and God guides, and God gives the power. And we are all standing before an almighty God. Despite what we see all around us, we stand before God, and we're accountable to him. So we see Elijah, he lived in a day of wickedness, but we also see that Elijah's faith was increased. We see this throughout uh, his life, and I'm going to quickly look at a few different things here. So after Elijah declares judgment upon King Ahab, and he speaks about the, fan, uh, the drought in the land, um, he's, uh, he's uh, directed by the Lord to go to the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. He's going to be taking care of Elijah there. And we see here at this portion uh, of Elijah's life, he learned to depend on God. So if you can imagine, Elijah, he's fearing for his life. 
He just proclaimed judgment to the most wicked king at that point, who did more to provoke the anger of God than any other kings. This king has not stopped looking for Ahab. He's sending people to all countries looking for him. We see that in 1 Kings 18 verse 10. They're seeking for Elijah. And here Elijah is. God provided him this place at the brook Cherith. And God's providing him with uh, flesh and with water. He's sustaining him. And Elijah's learning to depend on God. But we get to uh, 1 Kings 17 verse 7. And we see that this brook Cherith, it dries up. It dried up. What God used to sustain him dried up. But God was using that to, to increase Elijah's faith, to increase how he is trusting in God. And you know what? Elijah, he could have been angry. You know, he's serving God. He, he's following what the Lord told him, and this brook dries up. Lord, what's happening? Why, why is the brook dried up? He could have been angry, but he wasn't. He could have left and done his own thing, but he didn't. He could have missed the opportunity to help someone, as we're going to see. He could have missed the blessings of God again, but Elijah knew to trust his God. He had faith in him, and he saw, he saw God's blessing again. And God, listen, God is always going to provide for us. If God leads you somewhere and that brook dries up, continue to trust him because he's going to provide again, and God wants us to rely upon him. And let me encourage you, maybe today you're saying, well, you know, the Lord led me here and now my brook's dried up, just like Elijah did. Maybe God's trying to increase your faith today. You know, 2020 was different for all of us. You know, how has it affected your life? I don't know. It's affected us all in different ways. But let me encourage you, don't be upset. Don't question God, but rather let Him increase your faith. Turn to Him, trust in Him, call upon Him, rely upon Him. You know, nothing is better than seeing God come through for you. You know, anytime that you're in a place where there's nothing you can do in yourself, it's just such a great opportunity to see, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? How are you going to overcome in this situation? And maybe that's what God is trying to do in your life. So we see that he learned to depend on God. He went to this brook chair that dried up, and God is going to use something else. He used this moment to move Elijah, but he also uses it to be a blessing to someone else. So we see that Elijah in uh, chapter 17, we're not going to read all these verses. If you would like to read uh, 1 Kings 17, 18, it gives you a great picture of the life of Elijah and this uh, portion that we're going to be looking at. But in uh, 1 Kings 17, verse 8, we see that God was going to provide through this widow, but as well, God was going to bless uh, this widow through Elijah as well. So Elijah, he goes down to see this widow, if you know the story. He goes down to see this widow, and this widow is preparing to die. It's her and her son, and she's preparing her last meal to eat and die. There's no more hope. All is lost in her life. But Elijah had faith in God, and Elijah had faith that God was going to provide through a widow who had nothing. She had nothing. She was preparing to die, and Elijah knew that God was going to provide through her. And Elijah, he instructs her to make him a little uh, cake, a little, um, almost like a hard biscuit, uh, 
for Elijah, and then he says, then make for yourselves after that. And he tells her, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. So not only is Elijah's faith increased here, we see so was the widow's faith that she prepares this meal. She knows she doesn't have enough. And she still prepares the meal for Elijah, the cake for Elijah to eat. And she sees that the, the cruise of oil is not going to fail. She had to trust. And she was at the point of death in her life, and she gave first. She trusted Elijah, and she trusted the Lord. 1 Kings 17, verse 15, and it says, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he in her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. So we see the barrel of meal wasted not, nor the cruise of oil fail. So we see this man of God, Elijah, who trusts God, and the brook dries up. And you know what? So often in our lives, we, we, we live our lives trusting God and our brook dries up. And then rather than wavering or losing our faith, we need to increase our faith just like Elijah did. You know, God does amazing things when the brook dries up. Things we, we, we know it couldn't be anything but God. Situations in our lives where we say, it's only God. And this, was the, this is what we see here in this uh, Story of Elijah and the widow, the barrel of meal wasted not, nor the cruise of oil fail. And more miracles are performed. We see that Elijah, uh, the son, falls sick and, and dies, and Elijah raises him from the dead. And time and time again, we just see Elijah's faith increasing. Listen, God will do things in our lives to increase our faith. He will bring us to a place in our lives where we might question, but we but we will know, we'll see the grace of God if we trust and follow Him. And the thing is, when we do that, people will know that there is God in our life. And you are where you are today because this is where God wants us to be. Whatever 2020 brought your way and whatever direction you're headed in 2021, we're here for a reason. And maybe God has brought you here to increase your faith or maybe to increase others' faith, uh, people around you, maybe to reach someone who is lost, to help someone who is hurting. You know, Elijah, God brought him to a place to increase his faith, and then he moved him out so that he can be a blessing to someone else who was hurting, who was in need, who was without hope. You know, it was a famine and drought, and many people were hurting, and God used Elijah in that, in that way. So we see Elijah lived in a day of wickedness. Elijah's faith was increased. And then we see another part of Elijah's prayer. In 1 Kings 18, verse 20 to 40, uh, Elijah, he calls all the prophets of Baal to Mount Carmel, and they're going to see who the true living God is. If you know the story, I encourage you to read this portion of Scripture to get the whole picture. But Elijah calls this... Uh, this display of seeing which God is the true God. Each one got one bullock and placed it on an altar of wood. And whoever's God sent fire, let him be God. And we know the story about how the prophets of Baal, they dance and they cut, they, they 
yelled until the evening and Elijah even mocked them about calling on to their false god. But then we see it's Elijah's turn and we see another example of Elijah's prayer life, an amazing example of prayer in the Bible. So we see the preparation of prayer. The preparation of prayer, 1 Kings 18 verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. So the first thing that Elijah needed to do was to repair the altar of God. You know, Israel at that point was so far from God, living in sin, that the altar needed to be repaired. You know, let me encourage you, if you want... If we want to pray like Elijah, we need to do some repair in our life. Psalm 66, 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You know, don't let sin in your life hinder your prayers. You know, we want to see the power of God in our lives. We need to repair the altar first. You know, if something's not being used, not being taken care of, we just know it's nature that it's eventually going to fall apart. So let me ask you, how's your prayer life today? You know, how's the altar? Is it falling apart? Is it getting much use these days? Maybe you need to do a bit of repair work. Build it back up. Get things right with God. Go and return to him and repair that altar. Get things right so you can communicate with him once again. So we see the preparation and we, then we see the power of prayer. You know, Elijah, when it came to prayer, he didn't have any limits on God. And so often in our lives as Christians, we limit God with our prayers. You know, we try to still lean on our understanding and we put a limit on God. We put a cap of what he can do in our lives. But Elijah knew no such thing. And we see with how he treated this altar, and he uh, dug a trench around it, and he poured barrels of water upon this altar. And I don't know if you've ever tried to start a fire before, but even if you have a bit of wood that's damp, there's, there's no fire going to start. You're going to have a really hard time starting a fire. And here is Elijah dousing the altar with water and making a trench about it with water. But Elijah, he, he, he had, up to this point, had learned to trust God. His faith has been increased the past three and a half years, and he knows that God will make himself known. And he wanted there to be no doubt in the people who were watching, in their minds, who the true God was. He didn't want them to think that there was some kind of trick, something going on. He wanted to show, this is God. 1 Kings 18.36, and it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. What an amazing display of God's power. All because 
of a man who knew how to pray, who knew how to tap into God's resource and to his power, who knew how to trust in God to, to make sure that he, he lived his life standing before the presence of God, that he lived his life for him. Listen, we can see that same power of God in our lives. You know, we all have different issues in our lives that affect us in different ways, but, but really, what are those to God? Who has placed us where we are? You know, do you understand, understand that where we are today is because this is where God wants us to be? You know, what, what does God have planned for you in 2021? Maybe he has placed something there only he can get you through. Something just like Elijah where he said, you know, I'm going to put water all over this so I know only God can do it. And maybe you're in a place today where you say, listen, only God can do it. Only he can bring me through it and only he can get the glory from it. 1 Kings 18.39, after this display of God's power, look what it says. It says, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And listen, if we learn to pray like Elijah did, we learn to tap into the power of God, we, when God shows up in our lives and displays his power, only God is going to get the glory. And when people see it, they're going to look at it and say, only God could have done that. And we can only say, only God could have done that in our life. Listen, looking at Elijah's life, Elijah, he knew how to pray. No wonder James, this very practical book in the New Testament, no, no wonder he used him as an example of how to pray. Elijah, this mighty prophet, this mighty man of God, but yet still he is just a man before God. In our passage in James chapter 5, verse 17, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Elijah, the man who was able to pray for the rain to stop and for it to rain again. Let me ask you, where is God leading you in 2021? You know, we don't know what lies ahead. We never do. But God does, and we need to trust in him. We need to pray. We need to communicate with him. Listen, if, if the devil could have anything for this year, he wants us to be off of our knees. He doesn't want us to tap into the power of God. He wants us to see us fall prey to the world that we live in, to the society that we live in, as we're shamed and mocked and ridiculed for trying to live a righteous life. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to look to him, and we need to call upon him. Maybe today we need to do some repairing in our lives. We need to build that altar back up, get things right. Maybe in your life, your brook has dried up where God has led you and you feel like you've been left alone. Listen, trust God again and he'll continue to bless you and to guide in your life. And maybe he's trying to lead you somewhere to increase your faith and to be a blessing to others. But let me ask you, when's the last time you've gotten on your face before God Almighty and begged the power of God in your life? You know, in 2020, I want the power of God in my life. I want the power of God in my family's life. I want the power of God to work at Legacy 
Baptist church. Listen, when's the last time you've cried out to God just like Elijah and that widow's son? No relation to him, but he cried out to God on his behalf, on that widow's behalf. Let me ask you, when's the last time you cried out to God for your neighbor, for that friend who you're trying to witness to? Maybe someone in your family who has a health issue or you're praying for someone at church who you know is discouraged or they need help. When's the last time you've prayed, stretched out, you've prayed earnestly and fervently for someone else, for God's power to be in their life? Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Great example that James used here in this passage. James 5.13, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among, among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Listen, we need fervent prayer in our lives today. Our families need fervent prayer in our lives. This church needs fervent prayer. Let me ask you this morning as we close, do you want to see the power of God today? Do you get tired of trying to fight through the issues of life on your own? Maybe every year rolls around and you say, you know what, this year is going to be better. This year is going to be better. Are you tired of the same thing over and over again? Listen, look to the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Call upon the Lord. Elijah was a man of prayer. But as we learn from his life, we look at his life. It wasn't the man that had the power, but it was all about his God. He stood before him in his presence, and he honored him, and he lived for him. And listen, we serve and live for the same God today, and we can tap into the same power that Elijah tapped into as well. And I hope this year that you will endeavor more than ever that you're going to be a prayer warrior. You're going to pray for your life and those around you and for the church, and you're going to tap into that power of God. And maybe today you're watching, you say, you know what, I want that power of God. I want to know who this God is. You can know him today. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us, that he would forgive us of our sins, that we might have salvation through him, that our sins would be forgiven so that we can have a home in heaven. You can know that today, and if you'd like more information, you'd like to reach out to us, we'd love to, to, to get in touch with you and share from you from the word of God how you can be saved today. And I hope that you too will experience the power of God in your life. Let's pray this morning. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for examples that you've given to us to learn from, Lord, but especially that you use men just like us and that we can tap into that same power. And Lord, I pray that today that you would just help us to trust in you, that you'd help us to, to be prayer warriors, Lord, that we would that we would uh, be uh, effectual and fervent in the way that we pray, Lord, and that we would see much avail in our life. 
not to ourselves and not to our own glory and honor, Lord, but to your glory only, that others can look on that and say, only God, and that we can see you work in our lives, things that we've never imagined before. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.